0: have you ever gotten lost? Uh, Maybe it doesn't happen so much today with the smartphone or Google Maps or whatever, but uh, have you gotten lost? I remember when I was in college, I was uh, spending about a month in Buenos Aires, and I was in that big city all by myself, and I remember one night I was trying to find some store, and I got lost. And I didn't know where I was, didn't know how to get back, and I was a little scared because I was in this big city all by myself and didn't know where I was. But as it usually works with getting lost, um, I was lost before I knew I was lost. Does that makes sense? I was lost before I knew I was lost. Like, I thought that I was on the right path. I thought I was on the right streets. I thought I was in the right place. And I thought I was walking the way I should. I found out later I was lost before I even knew it. Today, we're going to take a look at a story from the life of Jesus. We're going to find someone who was lost. She didn't know it. But Jesus helped her to see that she was lost. But most importantly, he helped find her and helped her to know that she had a Savior. The story we're going to look at is from John chapter 4. And I just want to read you the very first verse says this. It's talking about Jesus. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Jesus was uh, headed from Judea in the south up to uh, Galilee in the north. You can take a look at this map here. He's headed from Judea in the south up to Galilee in the north. And there's kind of some green arrows up there that kind of show the, the path that he took. And in some ways it makes sense. you would say, okay, he had to go through that yellow area there, Samaria. He had to, right? To go from Judea up to Galilee, you got to go through Samaria. Except, uh, when people went from Judea to Galilee, from south to north, they didn't always go through Samaria. So like, did you just have to go through Samaria? Well, there actually was another route. Uh, you can see there's a little dotted line that goes to the right, goes to the east, and it crosses the Jordan River and kind of swoops around and heads up towards Galilee. Do you know why people took that path? There are a lot of Jewish people who took that path. It's because they wanted to avoid Samaria. They wanted to avoid the people who lived in Samaria. If you didn't know this, the, the Jewish people and the people of Samaria, the Samaritans, they were enemies. Uh, you, could, you could call it racism. Jewish people, they didn't like Samaritans. Regardless of their personality or what they had done, just because of where they were born, they thought Samaritans were not good people. And Samaritans, they felt the same way about the Jewish people. And so they didn't interact with each other. They avoided each other. In fact, they took the longer route, crossed the Jordan, went around whenever they had to, to go past that area. But, but what do they say about Jesus? He had to go through Samaria. Like, geographically, did he have to go through Samaria? No. There was another route. But we're going to find out today in our story that Jesus had to because it was part of his mission there was something that Jesus needed to do in Samaria that he absolutely had to do. Someone he had to meet and something that he had to do. Let's find out about that. So as Jesus is going through uh, Samaria, he stops at a place called Sychar and he sits down at a well. And up, up comes this woman, a Samaritan woman. And Jesus says, hey, can I, uh, can I have a drink of water? And the woman, <laughs> she's like, um, you're, a, you're a Jewish man. I'm a Samaritan woman. Like, this doesn't happen, okay? You don't ask me for water. We don't interact with each other. What are you doing? And Jesus responds kind of, uh, kind of cryptically. Here's what Jesus says. He, says. he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Okay? And the, the woman responds, kind of says, well, okay. Where are you going to get this water? You don't have anything to get water with. You don't have a jug or a pitcher or a, or a bucket or anything like that. And this well is really deep. So how are you going to get this living water that you're talking about? Jesus continues. He says, Everyone who drinks this water, talking about the water in the well, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water that never makes you thirsty again? Like, yes, please, give that to me, right? And that's actually how the woman responds. She's like, that, that sounds amazing. Give me some of that water so I don't have to come back to this well day, I, you know, again and again and again. Give me some of that water. But I think you know, Jesus wasn't talking about real water. Jesus was using water as a, as a metaphor. So let's take a look again at, at the words he says. He says, everyone who drinks this water Will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So what could Jesus give this woman that would make her never thirsty again? What could he give her that would would so fill up her heart and fill up her soul that she wouldn't be thirsty again? What could Jesus give her that wouldn't just fill her up once, but would become in her a fountain of life? You know what it is? What is it? God's Word. Yeah, you're right. He could give her the good news of the Gospel, couldn't he? The good news that she has a Savior. The good news that that God loves her. She didn't know that she needed this living water, but what Jesus was saying is, you know, you've been chasing after stuff all your life, but I can give you something that will really satisfy your soul. I can give you what you're really longing for. I can give you the good news that God actually loves you, that he sent a Savior for you. In fact, Jesus says something really similar in John chapter 6. A little bit later in, this, in the book of John, he, he uses the same imagery. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go, go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Kind of the same idea, right? Where he's saying, if, if you come to me, you won't be hungry, you won't be thirsty again. And Jesus doesn't just speak these words to this woman at the well. He intends this for each and every one of us. Because we are all hungry and thirsty for something. And I'm not talking about food and drink. We're all hungry and thirsty for something in life right now. I know that each and every one of us, we have something we have something that we think, if I just had that or a little bit more of that, my life would finally be full. If I could finally get that, I'd, I'd really be happy. I'd have the joy that I want. I'd have the peace and the calm that I want. If I could just have that. Uh, maybe for you, it's, it's an achievement or a success or a certain reputation in the eyes of others. Like if I, if I just achieved that, if I, if I got that job or that promotion or I, I was seen that way, then then I'd truly be whole, then I'd truly be happy. Maybe it's uh, relationships. Maybe it's if, if I just had some, some stronger friendships, or if I had more friendships, or maybe if I had better relationships within my family or in my marriage, or you know, if I, if I just got there, then I'd be full. Everything would be okay. Maybe the thing that we're hungry for is is money and stuff. You know, think if I just had a little bit more, then, you know, I could be a little bit more just in control of what's happening in my life. If I had a little bit more money, I could, I could feel a little bit more safe about what's happening, and, and then my life would be calm. But what Jesus is saying, he says, come to me, you'll, nev- you'll never be hungry, you'll never be thirsty. He's saying all, all those things, and none of those are necessarily bad things, all those things that we're hungry for, that we think will fill us up, they may fill us up for a time, but in the end, they will, they'll leave us empty again. Like, you know this, no amount of money will make you happy forever. No amount of success is going to fill you up for your whole life. No relationship, no, no single relationship or good thing in a relationship can, can make your whole life totally full. But what Jesus is saying is that while, while that stuff may fill you up for a little while, I've got something for you that doesn't just fill you up once, but will become a continual bubbling fountain inside of you. And it's the good news of Jesus. It's the good news that you have a Savior. And what, it, what that means, is that if, you have, if you have this bubbling fountain inside of you that he's talking about, it means that you will have enough to be filled up every day that if you you know God, know his heart, know who he really is, if you put your trust in him, you'll be filled up. You will have what you need. You won't have to chase after those things that you're hungry and thirsty for, because God can fill you up. And that's what he wanted the the woman to know. And she she didn't realize that Jesus was kind of talking uh, with a metaphor here. She thought he was still talking about actual water. So she, you know, she says, hey, give me some of that water. And here's how Jesus responds. Jesus kind of takes the conversation in an interesting direction. Let's check this out. He told her, go call your husband and come back, right? Because she just asked, you know, like, hey, I want some of this water. He's like, okay, go call your husband, and come back. She said, oh, I have no husband. She replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Jesus knew her sin. Jesus knew the life that she had lived, all the ways that she was broken, all the ways that she had tried to fill up her life. Maybe it looks like the thing she was chasing that would finally make her happy was a, a romantic relationship, a good marriage, and she had not found it. And had lived a sinful life in the process, and Jesus knew it. He could see it. And yet, he still sat down next to her. He didn't avoid her like everybody else. Like, he, he knew this before the conversation started, and he still sat down at that well. He knew about the life she had lived, the person that she is, the, the sin that she had, and he, and he still sat down next to her. It's almost as if Jesus could have said, um, I see your sin and I'm still here. I see your mistakes. I see your selfishness, and I'm still here. See, Jesus, Jesus needed to show her her sin because ultimately he wanted her to know that she had a Savior. In fact, what he did with this woman is what he does with us in his, in his word. In the Bible, we read things that accuse us of sin and show us the ways that we are selfish and broken and sinful. And so what Jesus did with that woman is the same thing he does with us. He needs us to see that we're, we're not basically okay. We're not just fine. We're, we're sinful. We're broken. We, we're not basically okay. What he needs us to see is just how much we need him. We don't need just some good advice. We don't need just some little tweaks here and there in our life and everything will be okay. What we need is a savior from our sin. What that woman needed is a savior from her sin. And what you need and what I need is a savior from our sin. And, and that's why he came and talked to this woman. That's why he had to go through Samaria, is because he knew that she was lost. And he wanted her to be found. And of all the people that Jesus could have talked to, of all the all the places he could have gone, he went here and he talked to her because he knew that she was lost. He knew that she needed a Savior. See, that, that's the kind of Savior we have. He loves finding lost people. He loves finding lost people. That's what he came to do. Like we said before, he didn't come to seek out the best candidates of the top 10%. He came to seek out the lost. In fact, um, there's a familiar story, kids. Do you remember the story of Zacchaeus? Right? He was a tax collector. and Everybody disliked him because he was cheating people and stealing. He was You might say he was hungry for money, right? Hungry for power. And because of it, he had sinned and he was selfish and he was an outcast. But Jesus came and found him. He had dinner with him, he he shared with him the good news that he had a savior. And at the end of that story, Jesus says this The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus himself says that that's what he's about. He came to seek and to save the lost. So that means that there's, there's no one who's too unpopular, too sinful, too shameful, too insignificant, too weird. No one too small for Jesus. No one that Jesus doesn't want to rescue and Jesus doesn't want to save. In fact, this was, this was Jesus' attitude about you. Because Jesus wants to save the lost, and that's who we were without Jesus. That was, that's who we were before Jesus came and found us. Well, this is what Jesus loves to do, right? He loves to find the lost. You know, all, all this time, this woman is just kind of discovering now that, that she's lost. And she doesn't realize, she doesn't realize that she's talking to God. You ever think about that? She's sitting down at a well talking to God. She doesn't know it. Isn't that amazing? I mean, she, she thinks that, well, I, I don't know how this guy knows about my life, knows all these intimate details of my life, but she thinks that he must be a prophet or something if, if he's able to know all of this. She doesn't realize that she's talking to God. She's talking to the, this guy who, is, who would eventually give his life for the sins that he just pointed out. She didn't realize that this man was going to go to a cross and die to take away all of her sins. She didn't realize she was talking to the Savior. But she'd find out soon. Um, she thought he was a prophet, and so she, she asks him a couple of spiritual questions, asks him some, some questions about worship, and, and at the end of uh, their, their conversation, she says this. is kind of interesting. She says, well, I, I know that uh, Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. That Messiah you're looking for? Yeah, that's, that's me. Now, can you imagine just, poof, right, her mind's just blown by that. Like, you're the promised Savior. You, you're the one who's been talking to me this whole time. You're the one who asked me for water and is talking about this living water and all this stuff. That's you? And uh, the, the end of this story is just beautiful. Like, how, how does she react to finding out about this, this good news about that she has a Savior and that he was willing to sit down and talk to her? She, she goes back to town. She leaves her water jar. She goes back to her town, and she tells everybody. She says, Guys, I just met someone, and he knows everything I've done. I think, I think he's the Messiah. I think he's the Christ. I think he's the Savior. Come, see. And so the people come out from the town, and they they come, and they get to talk to Jesus. And Jesus actually stays there in Sychar, the place that everyone else would avoid in Samaria, the place everyone else would walk around. He stays there for a couple of days so he can teach them about the good news. We find out that lots of people believed And we're saved that day. Isn't it kind of cool to think that one day when we get to heaven, we may get to shake hands with people from Sychar? Because we have a Savior who loves to save the lost. Do you see why Jesus had to go through Samaria? Remember, he didn't have to go through geographically, but he wanted to save that woman. But even more, he, he wanted to save that whole town. A town of people who were lost and didn't realize it. He wanted that woman to know that no matter what what anybody said about her, no matter how many people avoided talking to her or people in her town gave her dirty looks because of her past, he wanted her to know that God loved her. He wanted her to know that that she had a Savior that died for for those sins. And that's what he wanted the people of that town to know too, that, that God actually loves them. And that's what he wants you to know too. That regardless of what your past is or your present, Regardless of all those sins that you have that God can see, He's still here. He still loves you. He longs to rescue you. He knows the ways that we are lost. He wants us to be found. He came to seek and to save the lost. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people in this city, a lot of people in Durrell who are lost. a lot of people in Doral who are lost. There's a lot of people who don't know Jesus. You ever think about that? Just how many people in this city are thirsty and hungry for stuff that won't fill them up? Just how many people in this city don't know that God loves them? They maybe know about God, they maybe know about Jesus, but they don't know that it's for them. They're lost and they don't realize it. Do you think God wants to seek and save the loss of Doral? think so? Do you think maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood? Maybe someone who just lives next door? Someone you work with? Someone at your school? Someone in your community that's lost? Needs to be found? (laughs) Do you think maybe there's someone in your life that Jesus longs to find? I think so. Because Jesus loves to seek and to save the lost. So let's, let's bring them to see Jesus. That's, what, that's all that woman did. She just said, hey, just come see him. Just come talk to him. He'll, he'll figure out all the rest. He's going to tell you about salvation. He's going to tell you about heaven. He's going to tell you about forgiveness. He's going to talk about all these beautiful things. That, that's what people need to see. They just need to see Jesus. And we know that because that's what we need to see. Every day, we just need to see Jesus, don't we? To see that this is the type of Savior that we have a Savior who seeks out the lost and finds them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending us a Savior, for sending someone who would seek out the lost. God, we thank you for, thank you for sending Jesus to find us. Thank you for bringing us into your family so that we know that we're, we're loved and we're known and we're forgiven. Thank you for that beautiful gift of salvation that is free, that we receive Simply for what Jesus did for us. Thank you for your salvation. Help us to fix our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.